Well, this is the podcast that's a day late, but I won't let it be a dollar short. So why am I a day late? Well, I had an incredibly messy week last week. Actually, the last two weeks have been very internally messy for me. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But I want to open up this episode today by giving you, as I have begun to give myself, permission to be messy. You know, there's such a, I don't know, a sort of... There's so much momentum for looking perfect. And I don't care whether you're scrolling social media or you're watching certain TV shows or you're really into personal growth and maybe you have a lot of that in your social media feeds and things like that, like I do, but there's still this thing that can have an underlying current of the goal is to have some sort of perfect looking life. Now, we wouldn't say that out loud, right? But the goal is to always feel empowered and to always have self-confidence and to always have clarity and to always you know, be grateful for everything that comes into your life and all these things. And I mean, I love all that. Conceptually, they are really great um, targets to move towards, so to speak. But we don't get there. There's no getting there. You're not going to have self-confidence, you know, 24 hours a day, 365, or like this year, 366 days a year, right? We're not going to have that level of gratitude or abundance or clarity or decisiveness or like whatever it is you're going for. (laughs) You're not going to always set boundaries just right. You're not going to always be able to know if it's your inner guidance or your fucking ego. Oh, I should have said at the beginning here, I imagine this is going to be an episode with a lot of F-bombs in it. So if you want to get your headphones on or protect your children's or dog's ears (laughs) or something from this episode, go grab them now. Um, But I, I hit this point and like I said, it really started about two weeks ago, but it was really culminating last week and kind of blew up on me (laughs) late last week and over the weekend, which is why I didn't do the podcast. Because the one thing I really, really want to be with all of you is authentic. I don't want to present my life as always perfect. I don't want to present myself as never having any messes, never knowing what to, you know, not knowing what to do you know, never having a moment of self-doubt or anger or whatever. So I hope that I've done a fairly decent job in my Instagram feed and the things I talk about here on the podcast of letting you know my life is not perfect, not by any stretch. I have many, many wonderful things in my life. And I have, you know, certain areas of my life that just seem to come easier to me than others. And I'm sure you can relate to that. You are the same way. In that regard, while we all do our journey uniquely, we all kind of have certain things in common where we all have fucking challenges. We all have fucking baggage. We all have fucking thoughts that have been fed to us through a culture 
of racism and patriarchy and privilege and capitalism and whatever other isms you've got in your specific culture of your family and the things that directly influence you. So it can be family, it can be religion, it can be, you know, geographic, the culture, the geographic culture you live in, the sort of ethnic culture that you live in. Um, if that, you know, if that's a good way to think of that, I guess that's a good word for it. Um, but there's many things that impact us at a deep level and create belief systems. Our belief systems are just thoughts that have been thought over and over or been fed to us over and over. So for instance, I had many, many, many religious thoughts that were implanted in me over and over and over when I was a little kid, long before I could really intellectually understand them. And for whatever reasons that I can't explain and don't need to figure out, I absorbed them all. Now, some people don't. And you may have area of, areas of your life where you were fed a certain message, like maybe it was stuff against your body. You know, you were fat, your skin's too dark, your skin's too light, your eyes are too this, your nose is too that, like whatever. And you could have been fed through, again, culture, images, words that were spoken, a lot of negative things about your body. But despite that, you love your body. So sometimes we have areas like I was raised in a family and really a religious culture, even though they wouldn't have said it this way, that shamed professional success and wealth. So if you were wealthy and successful, you were greedy, you were selfish, you were probably, you know, stealing from others in some way or cheating somebody else or, you know, stomping over somebody on your way up the ladder, like whatever, all those kinds of phrases. So I grew up with a lot of messages around me, some of them very overt because I had one aunt and uncle, my dad's brother, who sort of left the family system and became very successful, a multi, 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 multi-millionaire. Um, and oh my gosh, even as a kid, the way my family shamed them as they got more and more wealthy was very overt. So I grew up all around these super negative messages about wealth and, and professional success. And yet I grew up believing I would always be successful and that I'm going to put an asterisk there for a second because I'm going to have to explain that. But anyway, just go with me for a second. That I would always be successful and I would have a lot of money. Now, there was a time where I used to fantasize when I was a little girl about being a flight attendant. That was my glamorous, you know, wealthy, professionally successful image of myself when I was a little girl. And then as I was becoming a teenager, that kind of evolved into, I always saw myself like carrying a briefcase. Like I thought about being a lawyer or something like that. But then somewhere in my high school years, my conditioning of patriarchy through the culture that I lived in here in the U.S. and uh, the church, the religion, the particular form of evangelical Christian religion I was raised in, super patriarchal, 
not that all of them are, but where I was, uh, but most of them are, um, super patriarchal. And so because I was a woman, I had needed to like channel my desire for success through my husband. So then it was like, oh, so I'm going to be married to somebody and he's going to be successful. And I stopped seeing it as coming, you know, as me creating it for myself. That happened when I was a teenager and I didn't have an awareness of it. I can just look back now and realize that somewhere in my high school years, I gave up the briefcase because I was going to be married to somebody who was going to do that because that's the way it's supposed to be. The men are supposed to be, you know, the breadwinners and the successful ones. But even with that fucking distortion, I still saw myself as being part of a successful, a, you know, wealthy couple. Okay. So even though I had a lot of messages against that, I, without even making an effort, I didn't really buy into those beliefs. Okay. So you may have something like that, that you can relate to a certain part of your life where you realize, oh yeah, I got fed all kinds of stories about that, or that's how my parents wanted me to be or the church or whatever, but I never bought it. I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to think that way, whatever. Then other areas where you probably bought it hook, line and sinker as I did. And so the whole second class citizen, cause you're a woman thing I bought without even realizing it, that lack of equality, like inequality was so normal to me between men and women. I didn't even question it until I was in my thirties. Yeah. Or at least early thirties before I really started to realize that part of what was wrong in my marriage was that I wasn't an equal. Uh, and so there were, there are many ways that these things that we are sort of imprinted with when we're little can take hold of us and affect us even when we don't realize they're affecting us. And these are some of the things that make life messy. So I want to say both that having mess in your life is okay. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. We are humans. I want, if nothing else, for this episode to allow you to break free from all the perfect evolved looking lives that we see on social media and say, oh, fuck, my life doesn't look like that, you know, um, and let that be okay. Just let that be okay. Because we are human beings and we're never going to be perfect. And all that striving for perfection only gets us more off track. And so in it is in what I've learned over the years as I've worked through this in a bunch of different areas of my life, the more I can allow the messy parts, also the more sort of um, evolved or transformed the parts that I love become. So like I love being able to express myself authentically. Well, that gets easier when I allow my messiness, right? So they work together, but there's no ultimate goal of I'm never going to be challenged. I'm never going to have a day where I'm not grateful. I'm never going to have a day where I'm not angry. I'm never going to have a day 
where I don't feel like a second class citizen because I'm a woman, you know, it doesn't mean we're never going to have those moments. And that's part of what makes life messy. I have been rewatching season one and two of the show, The Bear, which is on Hulu, uh, if you're streaming. And The Bear, I think it's a Hulu original program. And it's about a chef and the kitchen, you know, which is always that their professional kitchens are classically, you know, dysfunctional and the dysfunctional family behind it and all of this. But also each of the characters is just so fucking endearing, like and interesting, you know, and the show does a great job. The writers do a fantastic job of writing the script and, and the actors are fabulous as well of being those complicated characters where they have things that are super dysfunctional and screwed up and other things that are just so loving and kind and gracious and full of gratitude and love and, you know, all of it. And I have been binging. I watched it when it came out last year, but the, looking forward to season three this summer, I was binging it the last couple of weeks. And it was really helpful to me, actually, as I was going through my own messy stage, because I realized part of what I love about watching this show is seeing that combination of their total fucked upness, their total messiness. And that's not all of who they are. They're also awesome, talented, loving, generous, you know, caring people. And it really helped me come to terms with this in the area of my life that I got really triggered in and which was a good thing. I always like to say being triggered is not a bad thing. We're, you know, we're not trying to create a life where we're never triggered. That would be ridiculous. That's just part of perfectionism uh, couched in personal growth, you know, so it sounds good. The triggers are great because they show us what we need to look at. So I got really triggered into a bunch of old beliefs that are all from the church and, and my family was the same way. So to me, it's kind of all the same. It's like, it's one entity that was um, imprinting these thoughts about the concept of God's will, that there is a God's will for my life that I need to figure out and do. I need to do that, whatever that is. Uh, but how do we figure that out? Uh, God doesn't send any letters, right? It's a whole mysterious thing, but somehow we're supposed to figure it out and do it. So it's like trying to hit an invisible target. And if you don't hit it, then things go wrong in your life. And that's why, because you were outside of God's will. So that's a terrible setup, if you can't tell by just the way I said that. And also the, the doctrine of original sin and that we are born sinners. So, you know, like you're born bad, you're born separate from God. God was also really um, described, I guess is the word I'll use, as like this, you know, man in the sky, an anthropomorphic God and a masculine one at that, right? So, huh, isn't that great the way that fits in with patriarchy? So really, like, as I've come into my own understanding of the impacts of patriarchy, to me, so much of the church and religion is just a stand-in for patriarchy. It's just patriarchy under God's umbrella, you know, and I'm so fucking sick of it. And 
I saw how that concept, the all those concepts together, I'm, I'm, you know, if I'm not in God's will, I'm missing the mark, I'm sinning all the time. If I, if things are challenging in my life, it's because I've done something wrong, because I'm not in God's will, like all these things weave together. And so when you, when I have a something in my life that's really challenging without trying, right? This is the subconscious. All that stuff is in my subconscious mind. Now, my conscious mind doesn't really believe that. I left the beliefs of the church that I grew up in and the con those concepts of God about 20 years ago. And so I don't consciously believe those, but you know, our conscious mind is only about 5% of what's going on up there. And the subconscious is more like 95%. So it's really like a little jockey on a horse, you know, cause jockeys are always um, small in stature um, so that they're lightweight and, you know, the horse doesn't have as much to carry. It's like being the jockey on a horse and the jockey thinking they're in charge of everything. The horse is in charge, right? In a perfect world, the two are working together, right? So the jockey will steer and the horse will obey and all those kinds of things. And that's kind of how our subconscious and conscious mind work on a perfect day too. And then other days, like the days I was having in the last week or two, I had many, many days where that horse, that 95% of that subconscious was absolutely running the show. And let me tell you, those subconscious beliefs, like those that I just mentioned that I have, they absolutely dogmatically know they are fucking right. And all they care about is being right. And they don't care that that little 5% of my mind doesn't believe them because they know they're the horse and they can overpower me. And so they did. And I had a really, really rough few days and I kept thinking I need to do Sunday's podcast. And I was like, I don't want to show up like a total fake and phony. And I can't figure out at that point, I couldn't have articulated what I'm articulating to you now. So I decided to wait. I mean, I just decided not to do Sunday's episode. I had no idea I would record this today until this morning when I started having more clarity. Well, I was having more clarity all weekend. But part of it is just, and I suck at this, okay? <laughs> Embracing that I don't have to be perfect, that this whole concept, you know, because the whole concept of original sin and that kind of evangelical religion, and I know they're not all this way, but um, is that, you know, you go to hell for that. Like that's eternal damnation, burning in fire, total torture never stops. Well, that is pretty bad. That is a pretty, if you believe in that, which of course is how it's taught to you that that's true. Uh, that's a pretty fucking bad outcome. So who wants that? Right. So, oh my gosh, I don't want to sin and sin separates me from God and I don't want to be separate from God. And so, you know, there's this component in the evangelical world of Jesus being the one and his death on the cross um, and resurrection being like the vehicle, the, the way to then become, you know, join back with God. They don't really call it oneness or I never heard it described that way. Um, and of course there's all this grace and that kind of salvation stuff in the Jesus quadrant, but so much emphasis is still put on sinning and missing the mark that, you know, all this stuff 
that that was, and I guess my fear of that, my fear of going to hell um, was what really stood out for me. So it just created this whole narrative where I'm, if I'm in a challenge or if things are not going the way I want them to in my life, I must be doing something wrong. I'm missing the mark. I'm not in God's will. I, you know, there's this secret invisible target and I'm not hitting it. And somehow I have to find out where it is and hit it, or I'm going to continue to be punished. Lots of punishment in this type of religious thinking. So I feel sure there are a whole bunch of you who can relate to what I'm saying, because it either came to you from a religious culture or maybe just super punitive parents, which my, my mother, my, my dad wasn't, my dad was too absent to be punitive. Um, his absence was punitive, but not in an active way. It was a passive way. Uh, my mom very much expressed those thing, same qualities. So it wasn't just the church. It doesn't have to come from the church and come from all kinds of things. But I want you just to, I don't know, try to at least normalize for this moment or get some relief for this moment that like, it, it's not, it's not your fault from the standpoint of you got fed all that right? All that stuff got put into your subconscious when you were really little. And so it's not that you have to be a victim to it either, because I don't want to present it that way. I'm not just fucked because I was taught that and I believed it until I'm you know, 60. But I, so I don't want to be a victim to it. But I also want to honor the fact that that's a fucking challenging set of beliefs that are not going to be that easy to break out of. Like, and by that, I just mean, again, no victim, but there's no perfection that I'm going for. I'm not, because this is where, unfortunately, those of us who are really dedicated to our personal and spiritual growth get hooked into just a spiritual personal growth sounding perfectionism and it's completely unrealistic and unless we become enlightened beings in our time not happening you know and so that somehow being able to allow oh i got totally carried away today with that old belief and did this or whatever, you know, it just threw me off or I, whatever, whatever, however it impacted you. And that's okay. Like that doesn't have to define me. That's not who I am. That's not my identity. And it happens, you know, so it's the way that you can look, hopefully look at a child or look at a pet, let's, you know, a puppy, a kitten or something that is in its growing stage, which we are all always in. We're all children, puppies, kittens, <laughs> metaphorically, because we never get to this point that we're perfect in this life. And so the metaphorically, <laughs> we're always in those stages of learning, learning what we can do, learning what we can't do, learning what hurts, hot stoves, you know, falling down when we're learning to walk, um, peeing on the floor if we're a cat or a dog and getting a smack on the nose for that and learning how to signal our our wonderful owner that we need to go outside and go to the bathroom, like whatever, right? Like life is just that kind of a playground and we don't get to the point where we're perfect and we don't expect kids to be perfect and we don't expect our pets, even if they're well-trained, 
to be perfect. We know they're going to have the day that they puke on the carpet or, you know, pee on the floor or chew through something we didn't want them to chew through or something. And sure, we don't love it. It's not our favorite day, maybe, but we don't go get rid of the dog or browbeat it or, you know, terrorize it, which is what we tend to do to ourselves. When I get in that, I get locked into self-criticism that doesn't stop. And even when I try to get out of it, I'll, you know, just swing right back in to a thought process that takes me back to some shortcoming in me, something wrong with me, something I'm not doing good enough, you know, all these things. And so I say that to say, you are absolutely exactly as you should be who you should be, okay? As you are, where you are, all the things. I love the Hafez um, quote, I think it's Hafez, who said, you know, like put a dot on a map that is you and then draw a circle around it because that's how the divine sees us. We're always in the center of our own map. We can't be off the grid, so to speak. Whatever you believe spiritually, energetically, not, I don't care. You, this does not require spiritual beliefs. I, I don't even know anymore what I believe and what I know a lot I don't believe, but I, I'm not even sure what I believe anymore. But what I know is that the only place to be is exactly where you are. And where why I am here to help myself and help you be less tripped up, less beaten up by our own subconscious beliefs and habits that were embedded to us for all kinds of different reasons at all different times of our lives to have the tools to break free from those, or at least diminish their impact. We are not going to perfection. That is not the destination. The destination is, you know, happiness. It's pleasure. It's being able to live a life that feels good to you most of the time, you know, to do things, to do work, to do, or maybe your work isn't that important to you. Like to me, my work is very much an expression of who I am. And it always has been, even before I was a life coach. Um, and whatever work I do in the future, whether it's life coaching forever, or I add something else or do something else, for me, my work is very much part of my self-expression. But that's not the way it is for everybody. Some people are just like, yeah, like I just do the work to get it done and make the money so I can live the life I want. Super fine. It doesn't matter. Anywhere in between that you might find yourself. It is creating less stress and more space for pleasure, gratitude, happiness, love. That's what we're going for. But we don't get there by shaming the things that are not it. You know, when I start shaming myself because, oh, I got caught in that religious bullshit. Well, that doesn't help me get out of it. Okay. I have to sort of find a way to love myself out of it, to say, oh my gosh, poor Brenda. I have been being so mean to her. I have been treating her the same way that that punitive 
anthropomorphic God that she was taught existed treated her right with just judgment and punishment and, you know, eternal damnation and all that. So how can I get back to that wiser part of myself who loves me no matter what unconditional love, no matter what. And that self, that capital S self is always in us. Like you don't have to cultivate it. You don't have to you know, create it. You don't have to go get it. You don't have to, it's there. It just wants to be found. It wants to be listened to. And that 95% of those subconscious things that are so detrimental to us are shouting at us so loud, we can't hear that capital S self. But the capital S self never sounds like criticism. It never sounds like diminishment. So as soon as we're in a cycle of diminishment and criticism, we know that is not coming from our wiser self. And so if you get nothing else out of today, remember that. Like one, let's normalize being messy. We're not trying to be perfect. And our capital S self is there, always there, not intimidated by our messiness and always responds to us in love. Love can include no, like I got a very strong no this weekend for like, stop it. Stop saying those things to myself. Stop being so mean to myself. So love will say no, but it always says it in kindness. So whew, I'm going to end here today. And I want more than anything to hear your comments about this episode. So whether you, it's easier for you to just go DM me on Instagram, Brenda Florida Coach, or if you like to put comments here on you know the platform that you get this from, my email is in the uh, show notes. If you want to, you know, just email me. I would love to hear it. I don't care if you don't, you know, because if you don't want your comments to be public because if they're a little personal or vulnerable then email me or dm me obviously is the most private way to communicate with me um, but i want to hear if this resonates i want to hear if you if it's easy for you or hard for you to allow the messiness in your life if you've got religious or family you know indoctrination in your subconscious that is not serving you and is diminishing you. I've often thought about starting a group or something for those of us who have been religiously abused, because that's how I think of it now, uh, as well as uh, I got plenty of uh, emotional abuse through my family and my husband's. Uh, but that's a little different topic. It's a similar flavor in my case that the religious stuff was. Uh, but anyway, I am here for it. I'm here for you. I'm not perfect. My life does get messy and I work damn hard to show up with you authentically. And while I might wait to do a podcast until I can sort through my messiness a little bit, trust me, I have plenty of messy things things going on in my life. And I don't want anybody to look at my social, you know, feed or whatever and have some illusion 
that I am not struggling with things, that I am not frustrated by things, that I don't feel stuck in things. And, you know, when I do, I do use my tools and they will get me out of it. And then I go back into another one because that's just life the same way we don't expect a baby that's going from crawling to walking to just you know, get up, usually they pull themselves up on a coffee table or something like that, right? If you haven't had any kids. And so they'll crawl because they figured that out, grab that coffee table, pull themselves up. And then at some point after doing that a little and just, you know, working on standing there and what does it feel like to stand? They'll step that foot out and then they usually fall down and sometimes they bump their chin on the coffee table, right? And so there's, that's life. That's the metaphor for life. We don't ever stop taking that step out and falling down unless we just choke off life altogether. And then that's a whole different kind of, you know, if the kid only pulled themselves up on the coffee table and stood there, after a while, that would create its own um, distortion, its own, its own damage, its own limiting. So taking the step out brings up our limiting beliefs. Can I walk? Will I walk? Am I bad? Cause I can't walk, you know, all that, but to not do it doesn't take us to a better place. It's learning how to take the step, fall down, how to, you know, quiet those voices of diminishment, find more voices that are cheering you on, find more people who are cheering you on, find more ways to take care of yourself so you can recover better, you know? So the next time you fall down, you know, it's just a little different experience. Um, so I love you all. I'm so looking forward to hearing your comments on today's episode and I will see you next week and it's your turn.